How many times have you jerked it to Loretta Swift? How many uh, times have you jerked it to Jamie Farr? Jamie Farr in the dress. Jamie Farr at a, once. Hello and welcome to Mount Rushmore. I'm Jeff, and as usual, I'm joined by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael normally are at odds with each other as they try to select the top four of any given subject to place on the Mount Rushmore of that topic. But this week, they're working hand in hand. They're actually physically holding hands right now, and it's beautiful uh, because they're bonding and getting close to take on the outsider, the dark horse, the newcomer to our studio here. That is Chapin Hazlett. How are you doing, Chapin? Doing great. I'm doing great. If that were a character catchphrase, that would be really amazing, especially if we're on a sitcom or something like that. I'm doing great. <laughs> Our studio audience is laughing already. Can, can we do a different there. version of I'm doing great? Like, I'm doing great. All right. Three, two, a little more, one. Yeah. I'm doing great. Ooh, I like that. I like take. it. I like it. Take. We'll see what the Nielsen ratings mm. say, because this uh, subject we're tackling this episode Can you do is... one where you hit doing just a little bit harder? Three, two, one. I'm doing great. Nailed it. Yeah, this is amazing. This kid can't. We'll lose. get the, we'll the test audience. Yeah, up. we'll get the Ooh. test audience. Thanks, uh, guys. TV like catchphrases is our subject of this episode, and we have chosen Chapin. For one, he has his own catchphrase. What's your catchphrase, Chapin? Well, okay. Um, before I do it, full disclosure, it's not really my catchphrase. Okay, mm. but it's sort of. You know, I feel I feel it like it's yours. Yeah. It's Did he steal it from somebody? Uh, what? Uh, no, it was. Um, uh, what's the? How does it go? Um, Controversy for, on Mount Rushmore. Greatest form of flattery is imitation. Imitation. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it comes from this uh, uh, Twitter account, um, Dad Boner, hmm. uh, okay. and the guy. Uh, it's pretty funny. Check it out. Um, but he ends a lot of things in "you guys, you guys," and uh, so I on Facebook I started doing that. Just as a joke. Well, the best thing is that you've made it your own, and I—it's hard to see. Uh, well, I got trapped. I kind of got trapped in it. Yeah, a little. Uh, we'll pull pull the curtains back. We've probably known Chapin for about ten years, and um, he's been wow. he's been through the yeah, <laughs> he's been through the kickball ringer with all of us, and uh, it's it's a strange post to see you not include a you guys or when you're being a little more casual. Just mm. end it with a YG. YG. Yeah. Well, some some posts are a little heavier than others, and you guys uh, really kind of takes it takes it out of it. <laughs> yeah. So well, YG, just to you know, let people know it's there. And um, then to pull the, to pull the second curtain back. There's two curtains. I forgot to tell you guys. There's not just one curtain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two, cur- two curtains. Um, Chapin is here because he suggested it. He wrote into it to us to tell us, hey, this is this is a subject that you guys should cover. And of course, you know, by punishing our friends and guests, yeah. uh, we're like. Now you're coming on the show. Yeah. And uh, we have I, a he who smelt it dealt it <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, uh, uh, and, you know, since we like to be polite here, Shapin, you oh, get to go you. first. You get to be the person who um, uh, lets us know what your first choice is for TV catchphrase. All right. Today's topic is catchphrases. Well, that's my job, actually. TV catchphrases. Okay. Well, right. I mean, I was. Help you helping you out. Well, no, this is like at the beginning of a, a presentation where they say Webster's Dictionary defines. <laughs> okay. And I only have two. Okay, I have two hundred fifty more words I need to do. Did Webster have a catchphrase? <laughs> Did he have it? Yeah. You spelled it wrong. No, it's just catchphrase. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> that's, that's a perfect catchphrase. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Um, I'm fairly confident that he didn't. 
have a catchphrase. I remember Webster, yeah. the TV yeah. character. That's what I meant. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I was. Uh, the, the you were thinking of the book. Yeah, I was thinking of Noah. Noah we- Webster. Webster did, but Miriam. <laughs> did. Yeah, Miriam. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, what's your uh, what's your your first salvo here? Your first shot, Chapin. One of the, I think, obvious ones. Um, you know, maybe the I wouldn't say the the George Washington mm. of catchphrases, um, but I would say at least maybe maybe Jefferson. Oh yeah. Um, and that catchphrase is, "What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Dan?" Nice. Very good. Also on our yeah. list. Also nice. on our list. Yeah. What yeah, was your I, motivation? I much outside of its much. preeminence and its its deserving ubiquity. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's gravitas. That it yeah. Has. Well, uh, I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. But um, you know, for for me, it was actually the first catchphrase that i remember i think that hap- i think that's a good point i think that happens a lot where something becomes like an earworm or becomes something that becomes as much a part of your childhood as anything else as you're sitting there and you're like i, I can't we've talked about this a little bit with like star wars where it's like i can't remember not knowing about star wars and sometimes you're like i can't remember not knowing what you're talking about willis yeah. or what you're talking about right? mm-hmm. mr well, you, t yeah, yeah well, there's well, never never life before what you're talking yeah. about well you know there's it was actually based off of a uh, shakespeare but what doth you talk about <laughs> yeah. willis so <laughs> what isn't everything based off of shakespeare I, <clears throat> often good catchphrases are on paper not very funny i had a list of british catchphrases mm. don't know what they're talking about don't know the characters Mm-hmm. But it's the performer that delivers it and makes it part of pop culture. And and that's actually another uh, another reason I picked it was because of the the delivery. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's it's almost perfection. Gary uh, Coleman being able to cock his head to one side, like lower his eyes, mm-hmm. get really stick the lip out, get really suspicious at whoever yeah. is has, has usually always, declared something. Usually a white man. Man. Even though Willis was black, he usually wasn't mm. talking about Willis. <laughs> Yet most of the time it wasn't. Actually. It was his yeah. dad or his Mr. T. Kimberly. Night, Mr. Mr. T is black. Knight Rider. Yes. Knight oh, Rider technically what black. What you too. talking about? Yeah. At least the car. Nancy Reagan. Nancy Reagan. Her heart. Yeah. Black. <laughs> uh, you guys, did you guys pick this as well? Yes. Yeah. For, for the same reasons? Part, I, part of it, I think that we, we kind of went back and forth. It was between this and another one, which was. Uh, Oh, help me out, Richard. It was... Uh, Did I do that? Thank you. Master of Impressions, Boo. Richard Manfredi. That's pretty good. That was very good. <laughs> I almost, well, am I in the room with Urkel? <laughs> and I think that, like Jeff said, there's a you can write it, but then you don't know what's going to catch on with the audience. And I'm sure the first time that what you're talking about, Willis, was said and delivered by a comedic young boy um, that... It was like it was probably just a hit. It hit like that. Yeah, and it probably they, wasn't meant to be as funny as it it turned out to be. And they probably rewrote it into episode after episode, knowing mm-hmm. like, oh, if we can just get back to that, and people start expecting that, that's mm-hmm. what makes something become popular, or like you know, a repeatable catchphrase and something that you can say around the water cooler that other people are going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, what are you talking about? Whoa, hey. <laughs> yeah. I, I say the water cooler, and I mean you know, like the playground because yeah. right. we were all yeah. kids at the time. Yeah, but like when we were thinking about. Between this and did I do that, another question asked by a precocious young black child, it was, well, that was like the eventual development of what you're talking about. It was a question. Mm -hmm. It was, but Mm -hmm. it was almost said to the point where 
it was so overdeveloped. It was so obvious. It, I, I it hate to use this it, word. It felt, it felt so manufactured. It wasn't organic. Correct. Yeah. I'm sorry to use organic, but it 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 wasn't. You know, I, I never liked. What do you? Uh, did I do that? Yeah. You know, it just it felt cheap. Do you think huh. there was like an episode where they didn't say that, and the studio audience got like pissed at the end of the episode? Like, <laughs> wait, you didn't. But like Spring what St- happened? Springsteen can, didn't I, play Thunder Road tonight. You I can guarantee you. Pissed, yeah. <laughs> I can. Well, there. Uh, Gary Coleman actually only missed five episodes of uh, Different Strokes. Right? So there, are at least five episodes where uh, Gary Coleman didn't say what you're talking about. I bet there was like an exponential curve of like the first season. He probably said it episode four or five mm-hmm. you know then you probably said it more and more i bet mm-hmm. after the first season it yeah. was every episode let's <laughs> we got to work in our uh what, you, what you're talking about willis bit into it <laughs> it's a sort of like a, a parabolic curve because yeah. towards the end of the show actually they they tried to uh cut it down uh, uh you become was, you become too self-aware yeah mm-hmm. they also yeah. seem to increase their vsp very special episodes that yes. were about different strokes was one of the yeah. uh i think the show that that really originated the very special. Like episode. when Mr. Carlson tried to uh, rape uh, uh, Dudley, I think was <laughs> yes. the other kid's the name. Shop. And uh, tackling adult themes uh-huh. probably eliminates the need for that site, that catchphrase. Yeah, <laughs> what you're talking about, Willis, does not work as well <laughs> the, in a uh, would, child rape scene. It would need a, uh, an ellipsis then. No, seriously. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> um, okay, well, that's a strong uh, opening line for both teams to come out with, the what you talking about, Willis. So since, Chapin, you've chosen your first, and it was also Michael and Richard's first, they'll go with their second choice. All right, so our second choice, um, we went with a, uh, I think, something that we've trod upon a few times, which is The Simpsons. Oh. Gets brought up once or twice, and, and Michael and I actually kind of at first thought, well, we talk a lot about The Simpsons. Maybe we should kind of back off this one. But then we realized, no, we're just being stubborn and stupid. I turned to Richard and I said, Richard, don't have a cow, man. Don't have a cow. Don't have a cow. Oh. So the line wow. is, don't have a cow, man, by Bart Simpson. Yeah. And I think, you know, we treat, we talk about this every, it's like, oh, maybe we talk about whatever a lot, The Simpsons a lot. It's because it's pervasive in our society. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to treat each Mount Rushmore as a separate Mount Rushmore, as a separate mountain upon itself. It's hard to not talk about catchphrases and not include a show that's been on air for 25, yeah. 30 years. Mm-hmm. And has invented like a litany mm-hmm. of, of catchphrases, yeah. not just for Bart, though he has several. Yeah. But you've got the Homer Simpson, oh, which as we discussed, <laughs> is never uh, actually written in the script, right? It's an annoyed grunt. Mm-hmm. Annoyed grunt, yes. Um, what are some of the other Bart ones? That Bart, we, eat my got, shorts. Eat my shorts. Right. I caramba. You can I see caramba. these. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. You can see these on a variety of bootleg shirts. Yeah. Let's kill Lisa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> contraire, I think. I which, which culminated in the uh, I didn't do it, boy yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was the uh, Cressy. Uh, Cressy gets canceled? No. It was uh, Bart Gets Famous episode where they kind of become very self-referential and Bart Simpson's walking behind the stage of the Krusty show. And, you know, he says, he knocks something over and says, you know, I didn't do it. And then everybody laughs. And then they realize, oh, we can use this. I think the, I think the writers at The Simpsons are very good at turning the mirror on themselves. And they realize, oh, we have a guy, a kid that's been saying, don't have a cow man over and over. And let's see if we can find up something else. And throughout, throughout the episode, yeah. Bart Simpson even gets 
uh, annoyed that he's asked so frequently to say it. Like wherever he goes, he's got to say the line. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, as mm-hmm. celebrity does, it falls apart. Yes. Yeah. It's the double-edged sword of the uh, uh, popular catchphrase. Yeah. So you know? why, why did we go with don't have a cowman versus some of the other ones? I think it's just the most ubiquitous, yeah, this, right? The one that survived. Interesting. Yeah. It's the, one, it's the one that felt very much like Bart Simpson and nobody else's. Like with Cowabunga, like you could throw a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle on top of that and be like, that's fine. Eat My Shorts probably feels like something that was a Mad Magazine mm-hmm. tearaway yeah. line as well. But Don't Have a Cowman is so, it's it's weirdly, it's kind of stupid. Like no one's, <laughs> who's, nobody says that. Where did the term even come from? I, I don't know. I think it's the fact that also ends with man, which is what he tends to still end a lot of his sentences with. Yeah, that's Very a good point. Specific to his speech. I, I do love that uh, Eat My Shorts, I believe, was the one that George H.W. Bush got really angry about and decided to uh, <laughs> talk about how awful The Simpsons was for society because kids were saying, eat my shorts. Uh, yes, America's ruined because of a cartoon boy. <laughs> well, I, do, I do examining the catchphrase and the person who's saying them have a precocious young boy. And oh, I we do got two for two so Two far. for two. Mm. So that's kind of interesting that this person is, especially when Bart refers to an adult as man, he's pretending to be on their level. Right. Michael, was it the I, I Didn't Do It Boy episode where they kind of end with all the characters yeah, saying they, their catchphrases? They kind of run through this mm. litany of, yeah. of Barney burping and, you know, uh, Mr. Burns. And, you know, people just appear out of nowhere. And then, of course, Otto and Lisa, yeah. Lisa comes <laughs> by and she doesn't have one. And, like, everyone's <laughs> disappointed. They're all like... Oh, that one's not very good. <laughs> I remember there was an episode where Bart Simpson was like sad at his desk and he said, I carumba. I carumba indeed. <laughs> very much like, all right, you know what you guys are doing. All right, so um, these guys have done two choices and it's time for your second, Chapin. This, this one I think is probably like a Teddy Roosevelt of the of the Rushmore, Word. I like I like okay. the way you're sure. approaching this. Yeah. yeah, Teddy Roosevelt was a you know he's groundbreaking, a very expansionist sort of uh, character mm-hmm. in the wild. Tough guy, tough guy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, a lot of people question why he's on there. You know, like well, they were making Mount Rushmore while he was president. I don't know. I haven't looked it up, but it seems like you know a he was people... a recent president at least. Yeah, exactly. Like they just put him on there because he was recent. They needed and, a guy in glasses. Yeah, they're like, they're like, hey guys, to... we figured out how to carve glasses into a mountain. Who are we going to use? We have the technology. Don't use I've got a great a mustache hammer. <laughs> so uh, my second choice is "Kiss My Grits." Oh, very good. From Alice. Wow. Leo, would you like to do something for me? Yeah. What? Kiss my grits. The character who spoke this was who? Uh, it was Flo. Okay. It was Flo, uh, short for Florence. Um, and so, you know, uh, this, is a, this is a catchphrase, that I think, that um, it is actually bigger than, than, the, sh- than the show. Hmm. You know, people don't remember Alice. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of forgettable, but uh, they do remember Kiss My Grits. They remember Grits being kissed. Grits were kissed, yes. yes. You know, and a lot of our choices so far have had a, a lot of anti-authority bent. Yeah. Mm. There's like an anger behind it yeah. a little yeah. bit. Don't have a cow, man. Don't have a man, cow. Telling the man What off. you talking about? Question yeah. the yeah. man. Kiss my grits. Kiss telling... my grits. Mm-hmm. What anatomically were grits on, on a woman? <laughs> well, let's, let's see, say that, you're a sassy That's waitress. actually 
the the beauty of it because it's uh she was never gesturing to profusely to a part of her body when she said this, she wasn't but... going to her vagina going <laughs> kiss my grits yeah she never turned around and bent over um it's it's saying it's being able to to say something that sounds naughty without actually saying something naughty yeah. and as a, again as a kid that was that was great that was gold i, I I loved it, I, you know, and uh, all the other kids. I remember in the playground, you know, kiss my grits, kiss my grits. You know, <laughs> we we didn't know what grits were either, but we knew that it was something. It was so grown uh, up. You could just you could toss it off so quickly, and just you could instantly shut someone down. Yeah, yeah. What do you what do you, it, get? What, what do you what's the comeback to kiss my grits? Mm-hmm. No. Or okay, yeah. Or grits. at what at <laughs> what point? Or grits what are, are your what are your your grits? <laughs> point point. Grits, point are, your grits, grits are stupid. Is that your elbow? <laughs> Much. I mean, it was and also it was kind of like uh, feministic, uh, like um, um, feminism in, in a way too, because it was a strong character. Yeah. You know, not taking any uh, any sass, standing up for herself. No guff. No nothing. No guff. Cool. Also grits. So we are at our halftime, and the catchphrase I usually use is download rate and review all of our episodes on itunes <laughs> yeah. studio Hard. audience they love this people eat this up and uh, other catchphrase would be join us on facebook in the mount rushmore group crickets nothing uh you can lend your voice to that conversation you can give us suggestions like our guest chapin did as to future episodes you'd like to hear and then we can force you to be yeah, on the show be, we can make careful. you be on the show <laughs> yeah, yeah chapin gives a word of warning um and make you sit on folding chairs <laughs> it is a slippery slope and we'd love to hear from you and so please do all that stuff and follow us on our twitter and on our Instagram. We'd love to have you involved in all the different ways that we can reach out to you and you can reach out to us. We are in the back half of our show now. The show uh, topic of discussion of debate is TV catchphrases. Uh, A strange happenstance is that Richard and Michael are now one person called Mitchard and that Chapin Hazlett is taking them on. (laughs) You guys, Chapin Hazlett is here. So uh, Chapin gave us his second choice. So Mitchard is going to give us the, their third choice. Uh, our third choice uh, is from a couple of shows. Felt kind of cheating, but whatever. Sometimes you got to cheat to win. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. What? Uh, no. I don't know. Okay. All right. I'm kind of a stickler for rules. Uh, that's what she said? You guys. Oh. Through oh. yet? Because I'm getting tired of holding this. Yeah, that's what she said. Okay. Schwig. Okay. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we we went with the uh, very popular phrase. Uh, that's what she said. A phrase that was even just brought out last night uh, at a dinner with some friends. Um, in America, it kind of originated on Wayne's World, where you know Mike Myers and um, Dana Carvey were the precocious, another couple of precocious, precocious uh, kids. kids sitting in a basement making fun of things. And uh, you know someone would make a comment, and uh, Wayne would... Just quit and turn to the camera and say, that's what she said. And uh, there's a lot of, it seems that uh, Richard brought this up, did some research. That's right. Richard did an impression of putting uh, long his, hair over his ears and being, shot, shot, right, being, right, right. being amused by himself. Um, I guess Richard did some research and found that uh, uh, it kind of came from an old British phrase called, uh, said the actress to the bishop. Oh, wow. 
And it's not kind of surprising that Mike Myers would appropriate something mm-hmm. from his uh, British past, his English English father's past. Yeah. You know, he's Canadian, but his dad was English, and you know, turn that into wow, Americanize it and turn it into yeah. like an American beat. And so it kind of had its origins there, but it's kind of a phrase that hasn't died since like the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. And well, then it kind of went away, maybe for a little bit. Yeah, and then The Office came. And it was, I think why it's interesting to me is then it is used by uh, Michael Scott as sort of like this callback to Wayne's World. So it's a show that wound up creating, recreating a, a catchphrase mm-hmm. based on a character very hackily yeah. trying to use this catchphrase that's 15, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And in turn, um, the uh, Ricky Gervais character uses that phrase, uh, said the actress to the bishop. Oh, in the wow. British office. So it's very cyclical mm-hmm. and it's kind of a snake eating its own tail and, you know, very self-referential. But, uh, you know, we've gotten to the point, I know, amongst our friends for almost, it feels like eight years, 10 years that you just write TWSS and yeah. everyone knows what you're talking about. You just throw That's what she says on mm-hmm. any sort of hacky joke that it could it's be vaguely sexually, sexual and you know, awful and whatever. I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. <laughs> All right, right, good. We're, we're good, Michael. We're good. I, I think this is a fascinating choice because now we've jumped out of just observing these catchphrases as parts of popular culture, but as examples of etymology. And that's exciting because they, they're they part of language. And I, I'm fascinated. There's one that's catch- what she said. Oh, oh no, I didn't get did that one wrong, guy. Sorry. That's what she said. A friend of mine tells... Uh, Partially, these catchphrases are often how we socialize amongst each other. We prove sure. that we're cool. We saw the show. We know the thing that they said on the show. So we're part of the hip culture. A friend of mine went out on a bachelor party. And as you know, or those are often multi-generational groups of guys out there trying to bro out. So you might have grandpa broing out next to the, the cousin of the bachelor who's you know 30 years his uh, junior. One of the older guys was trying to joke around with that catchphrase and he kept using an upward inflection. So he would, somebody said, um, you know, that's a big piece of wood. And he would say, that's what she said. <laughs> and nobody recognized that he, that's, he was trying to do the catchphrase. That's what she said. That's what she said. It, they, it sounded like a, he was asking a question. People would turn to him and, and say, uh, Uncle Mort, are you okay? <laughs> having a stroke. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> that's what she said. I guess that's better than vocal fry. Yeah. Uh, that's what uh, she that's said. That, that, that. I think one of my favorite moments on The Office was, I, I think Michael Scott had made some sort of bet to... Uh, yeah. He was like not allowed to say that phrase. Oh, and so the Jim Halper character was, uh, you know, being so conscious of it, and would <laughs> he just rattled off three or four things <laughs> that were just so pro- like that teed just up. teed it up, egged him on, and you could see him just like physically uncomfortable <laughs> in his in his skin. And he just gets to the point where he's just like. <laughs> like you said, like the entire bit is you can see his face getting redder, and just the clockwork in his head just yeah. kind of working me like. I know what he's saying. I can do this right now. And, and that was actually the, the last words you hear him say when he leaves the show. Oh, really? Well, yeah, he's taking his mic off because he's getting ready to go on the plane. And he, has, oh, uh-huh. he forgets that he has like the wireless mic with the pack and everything. And he says, boy, after how many years, I can't wait to get this thing off my chest. And then he takes it off. So you can't hear him. So he kind of, it's a beat. 
He looks at me. You mouth the words. You can hear him say, like, you can see him mouthing. That's what she said, but you can't hear it. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so, but this is a twofer because it's Wayne's World and The Office. Yeah, and I just, personally, I'm just, I love the fact that they used that idea of people attempting to use an older catchphrase as sort of a way to signify that Michael Scott's kind of this hacky guy. I I got to say, it is, that is a good sign of a good catchphrase yeah. not to help you guys out but yeah. it's true yeah it, i was made aware that there was a phrase hello nurse which i think was an animaniacs, animaniacs yeah but yeah. it is a vaudeville staple so much that it likes many vaudeville scripts it was kind of a thing that the doctor always said in a doctor sketch hello nurse and it had been used so much that it became not just a phrase but a whistle huh. that that Whistle came from the phrase came "Hello from Nurse." The phrase "Hello that Nurse" is incredible. That's wild. So maybe that's the future of. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> that sounds like R two D two. Your whistling is a plus, <laughs> by the way. It's on point. <laughs> so uh, Chapin, what do you got, buddy? That's uh, okay. you, you had some hi- a history lesson a, in the last one. I did. That was that was solid. I'm gonna go with. Uh, this would be a, a bit of a crazy horse, um, and this comes uh, from a cartoon. Called G.I. Joe. You may or may not know of it. Um, aired from 1985 to 86. And uh, for those of you who don't know what G.I. Joe is, it's basically a, a, a show about um, war. Um, yeah, the, the Joes that are fighting a Cobra, good versus evil. So anyways, the, the whole cartoon is basically shooting, fighting, um, no one dying. Uh, and so to... Uh, give a little bit of a, a, a positive to it at the end, they would um, do these PSAs, um, which would uh, involve, uh, you know, some situation with, like, uh, kids that wanted to try to jump over a downed power line. Sure. And uh, a Joe would come out of nowhere and stop them, teach them a lesson, to which the kids would say, wow, and now I know. And the Joe would respond, and knowing's half the battle. Ooh, that's G. pretty good. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, mine is, uh, and knowing is half the battle. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. That's good. That I think that's right in the the, the wheelhouse. Also, of the more you know, yeah, yeah be yeah. right in that that world. I considered that, but, but the more you know, being just a straight PSA, not attached not to part a, TV, of a to an show. actual program. Yeah. 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 Which what. What the more you know was that ABC? Or that was uh, NBC. NBC. Yeah. Okay. NBC. I was, yeah. Michael. Were you looking up the Mr. Body Massage? I was. Thing? I was looking up the <laughs> Fessler 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 Fessler. And that's another. Yeah. I couldn't, another point. The, I couldn't remember the name of it. <laughs> oh. But I loved. I, I think this is a really cool, fun, outside the box pick where you. You know, people. If you think GI Joe, first the thing you think is like Yo Joe, as like or or the song. You think of the song. Yeah, and I think this is a nice. It's within the context of the show, but just enough out of it, but so recognizable. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize I didn't realize that's where this catchphrase for us, and it's perfect because GI Joe has got the word "battle" in it. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was there was a series of of kind of alternative the, the takes G- on the cartoons, yes, like the, the little, PSA parodies called the Fensler films. And if you if you yes. look them up, they're just silly. Yeah. Do it, yeah. They're just like remixed and they just re-edited the voices and they're just... Body massage. <laughs> and they're just dumb. But it's very like a, a C-Lab. Yeah. Oh, yeah. entirely. But and, they, they, also, they also try to incorporate that, uh, uh, you know, 
and, and knowing is half the battle and some version of it. And yeah. It's like, and it's just so mm-hmm. silly. It's just really outside the box. I, I think this is a, a really fun band. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, also a, a robot chicken did, uh, um, some, uh, parodies of, the more uh, the uh, knowing's half the battle uh, yeah. with uh, Cobra trying to do their own version. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and even a Family Guy uh, uh, references and uses uh, yeah. knowing's half the battle. So also. what's the other half of the battle? Exactly. That's the, the question. Battle. Chemical warfare. <laughs> yeah, chemical if warfare. Knowing's half the battle. The yeah, uh, biological warfare. Yeah, a uh, un- un- unwavering desire to vanquish your enemy. Well, that's the other half. Uh, the delegitimizing the press. Is yeah, one. that's also <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah, part of it. Yeah. Reichel. Or Richard, what's your last choice? <laughs> our, our, our final choice. Uh, we kind of approached these topics in a way that was, like Chapin mentioned earlier, like there's such a wealth of catchphrases from comedies and cartoons and dramas and late night TV late night and SNL. And mm-hmm. eventually uh, we started like, we started spitballing um Game shows, and you know, we didn't want to limit ourselves to, you know, things like that in reality TV, and we settled upon make it work. Make it work. Go go go. Do it. Go make it work. Okay. By Tim Gunn, which was a catchphrase of his that came about naturally. I, I heard him on a podcast at, last year. I think it, he was on he was on uh, Michael Ian Black's podcast, How to Be Amazing, and he was I think he was talking about how that was just something that he just said. Yeah. That he was looking over. He didn't know what he was doing on the show. He was a teacher, and he was just kind of walking around this room, and just you know, someone was sewing something, and he's just like, "Well, I don't know about that, but you know, make it work." Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, that was the thing that he found so that himself was saying. One of these things that oh. started out very organic as just something that I'm sure he said to his class at I think it was Fitum that he taught, or maybe it was uh, Parsons. Parsons, thank you. And uh, then, you know, the producers got their hands on it. It's like, mm-hmm. well, this is obviously the thing that you this have. This gold. To, yeah, you got We got some gold. Let's mine it yeah. for all it's worth. And Strip mine it. Let's frack. <laughs> let's do whatever we need to do to get all of this out of here. Let's sew it together and make it work. And yeah. uh, we thought about a lot of different game shows mm-hmm. and like the uh, survey no says. Whammy. No whammy. And they all felt very like very uh, transitional. It's mm-hmm. like, you know. This is, is that your final answer or whatever? And even though this was a game show. You are the big, you are, you know, the weakest link. Your weakest link, yeah. Like those felt varied. Like a writer came up with that and said, okay, well, you're going to say this. And this seemed to come out, like this is, it felt like a very weird, organic moment Mm -hmm. in reality television that doesn't seem to happen very often. Yeah. Reality television, you know, spoiler alert, everybody, it's very overproduced. What? Chapin, you'll find that hard to believe. I don't know, but (laughs) and like these things, these things come out sometimes, and it just it just worked for him and works for the show, and and it still doesn't feel forced, even though it's now the thing he has to say like every episode. Yeah, it still feels. I think because he came up with it naturally, I think it makes it feel more natural. I think Chapin said something very important earlier, where we were talking about Arnold on different strokes. And it wasn't just that this line was written. It was the delivery of the line. Yeah. And you believe it coming from this kid and you believe it with the performance. And with him, it feels like something that is like, oh, 100% he says this in his day-to-day life. And it's just like, okay, this is very normal. Mm -hmm. And I think also the fact that it's transcended the show. Like people who have never seen 
an episode of Project Runway yeah. know what you mean. You're saying, well, make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, they understand exactly what that phrase means. And yeah. it's, mm. you know, it's beyond, it's not just something that you say because to somebody else, you know, who knows the show. It's just something that has almost become just part of the vernacular at this mm-hmm. point. All right, uh, Chapin, you got one last shot. Dun, 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 make it work. <laughs> What's your last selection? Uh, okay, my last selection, and I'm I'm surprised that you, that you guys didn't go with this. Oh, uh, the, the, we got a you guys. We got a you guys in here. Oh, that was organic too. <laughs> Say the thing. Yeah, all right. Say the thing. Thanks, you guys. So it's uh, uh it's 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 from The Simpsons, um, and I had, had thought about various Simpsons catchphrases, and s- sort of the reason I didn't use some of the others is because they, you know, I feel like they haven't really stood the test of time as as much. Um, and this one, you might have issues with it. I don't. I, I, it's dough. Dough. It wasn't ever written in the script as we were talking about earlier. Um, but it's actually, it's, it's been around before, uh, the Simpsons, uh, Dan Castellaneta actually got his inspiration from, um, a Laurel and Hardy character. Hmm. As a matter of fact, before, you know, before, um, soundies talkies, uh, his name was, uh, Jim Finlayson. Uh, uh, he, he was using it as sort of a, a shorthand for, for Dam. Uh, and it was also on uh, a BBC show. Uh, it's that man again uh, in 1945. So wow. it has it has roots. It's mm-hmm. got it's got some legs. It's so uh, uh, descriptive in its simplicity and and, and useful. Um, it's really I mean it's I don't want to call the the uh, Washington of uh, Rush, uh, Rushmore maybe the 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 Lincoln. Okay, because it uh, set the slaves free. So that's that's a wrap up on your your choices, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, I feel bad leaving some of them out. Um, what were some no, the, that the, 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 the one the, that I was going back and forth about? The people will let you know <laughs> which one. Yeah, which one's I'm you sure there's going to be a, a, a lot of controversy. A lot of how dare you? Yes, yes. You idiots. I mean, a better format for this probably would be like a March uh, Madness bracket tournament breakdown. Sure. You know, cause, oh yeah, we're screwing up with this stupid yeah. podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was really close to. Thanks going. for suggesting that, Chapin. <laughs> yeah, let us know after fifty episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Who's this guy? I was going to go with "I Love It When a Plan Comes Together" instead of. Uh, knowing is half the battle. Mm. Oh, from the A team. Yeah, yeah. So I stand by my choices. Yeah, you hold your choices to another level of scrutiny. So, and and that's something that I think has been a through line with your choices. And once you talk about Willis, obviously the, the your your opposition has chosen that as well. We think of that as maybe, uh, you know, this this is in the top 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 tier echelon of of catchphrases, and so is Dill. So what I appreciate about the decision making is that. Uh, something has to really stand the test of time. Doe has been said for twenty quarter of a century by a character, and it had uh, predecessors saying it before then. And um, also, kiss my grits. I mean, the fact that you talk about this, not just a catchphrase, but inspiration uh, to truck stop waitresses. <laughs> Around the world, and Jeff has I'm a sure. Jeff has a soft spot for truck stop yeah. waitresses, as we <laughs> and know. Their, their grits is usually the soft area <laughs> the of the, of the waitress. Um, and the American military uh, in their maneuvers and uh, and operations throughout the world, uh, taking time from napalming villages to stop and tend 
to the care of children who might be accidentally running with scissors drinking bleach or yeah, something yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or trying to stick a fork in the toaster or something like that mm-hmm. and so i just love the the type of care and the expectations that you have for these catchphrases they can't just be something you laugh at they have to change the world i don't know if michael and richard Thank consider you. that or not but sounds like we're getting boned here yeah so <laughs> wait are we gonna get points if we say yes we did <laughs> yes we did 100 percent. but all you know michael and richard also did uh, some research i mean sure it was two of them doing the research um and so they could kind of work together but, yeah, uh, but we had to combine one brain okay yeah that's true <laughs> it's tough for us oh so so i would like to go down my list uh, of my winning choices um uh they are what you talking about willis because you both chose it and like you know it is in the top tier um, I would like to acknowledge the history lesson that we got with That's What She Said and the utilitarian uh, aspect of that catchphrase being used in so many different ways and in so many different shows. Um, even though we talked about a feature film uh, and this is a TV catchphrase thing. So uh, so there's half a point for what you talk about, Willis, to each of you. There's a point to Michael and Richard for That's What She Said. And then I want to go with and knowing is half the battle uh, with uh, Chapin Hazlett. And also just because I want to bring this catchphrase back and I want to say it as many times as we can before the end of this podcast, kiss my grits. Oh, man. I just, there's, there's, That's what she said. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of grits out there that, that go unkissed, and I think that's a crime that uh, it is. the truck stop waitresses of the world and we can tackle. You may have just increased your audience. Uh, so, yeah, that's true. Waitresses around yeah. the world. We are the, guys, we are the truck stop waitress um, podcast, podcast of, of record. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Well, I want to thank our guest, uh, Chapin Hazlett, for yeah. uh, just not influencing this podcast in many ways, not just uh, giving us a great suggestion, uh, but being a longtime listener. He printed up a bunch of T-shirts that haven't been selling very well. Um, <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, We're going to get, no. get bleeding money on that the one. The fact that so. it says Mount Rushmore Podcast, you guys, makes me kind of question his <laughs> motives. Not the, the first time that's happened. It's just it's a bad cross-branding. Um, but also for coming on the show and putting his money where his mouth is and winning uh, the show. So I think that's Thanks bad. Thanks, you guys. Yeah. So oh, we go. I don't win money? Yeah, yeah. Kiss my oh. grits. <laughs> uh, this is Mount Rushmore. I'm Jeff. Kiss my grits. I'm Richard. Kiss I'm Michael. my grits. I'm shaping you guys.